The Legendarium Podcast is brought to you by, by you. So please visit patreon.com slash legendarium to, to support the show. But for now, welcome, welcome to, to the, the Legendarium. Legendarium. He was bigger than the Hulk, but he so, wasn't broader. He was broader than, than the Hulk. Hulk. He no, was, he, a, he was oh, thick. He was he if if you compare things are getting things are getting mildly erotic around here. And I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of uncomfortable. Welcome back to the Legendarium Podcast, everybody. I am Craig Hanks, your host, and over there, well, he's purpler than Thanos and thrice as scrotish. It's Ken Johnson. <laughs> I, I had something, but now I, I'm speechless. So much for being appropriate oh, for the teenagers. <laughs> exactly. And if there's one person who you wish would crumble into dust and just float away, it's got to be Todd Wenty. Unfortunately, I'm one of the ones that survives. <laughs> she's like the Scarlet Witch, ill-defined, vaguely Slavic, and extremely threatening. It's Megan Smythe. I will kill you with my pinky. Oh. <laughs> All right, so before we go anywhere further, uh, spoilers ahoy. So if you have not yet seen the Avengers Infinity War extravaganza, whatever we're calling it. Jake. We're looking at you, Jake Hawkins. Okay. <laughs> then uh, anyway. We're just calling it out. Let's call him out now. Jake Hawkins. I'm, I'm <laughs> first and last naming you, Jake Hawkins. Hi, Jake Hawkins. Jake Hawkins. <laughs> Jake Hawkins. Uh, he is loyal and steadfast and wonderful. You've been with us for a long time. Yeah. And, we we uh, love you. Yeah. And... We, you know, it's kind of like a parental thing where it's like, it's, I, it's because we love you that we're, we are reprimanding you right now. Chastising. Yes. Um, it's, uh, this is, it, we're not mad. We're no. just disappointed. Um, it, Jake Hawkins. Uh, so I, I, I posted something on Facebook. I posted a picture of Todd holding a Thanos mug and said, yeah, we're just about to do our Avengers episode. Ah. And, um, and he comments like right away and says, um, must resist urge to listen. Uh, whatever. I listen to all your movie podcasts before I get around to seeing the movies. Anyways, how don't dare don't do you, that. Sir? Don't do that. That's uh, <sighs> I got I gotta say I I disapprove. So yeah, uh, scolding <laughs> over. Anyway, <laughs> and ultimately yeah. you're going to do whatever you want to do anyway. But hey, but we appreciate you listening immensely yes. and interacting on the Facebook immensely. I mean, mostly we do. Yeah. Yeah. Mostly we do. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. So. Poor Megan. <laughs> we will We will be getting to Avengers Infinity War. Uh, there's, there is quite a lot to talk about. But because this isn't one of our big uh, book episodes, I kind of want to just relax for a minute. Uh, and how, how's everybody's week? Megan, how are you doing? Welcome back. Thanks. It's good to be here. Yeah. How I'm you, good. How, what, what's up? What, what, what's going on with Megan? Uh, I well, I have six nieces and well, two nieces and four nephews, and four of those kids all have a birthday this week. So today oh. we celebrated a birthday for all of them. There were four cakes. There was a four lot. Cakes? Of, I mean, these are kids ages two wow. to nine. So there was a lot of chaos. And sisters? Three of them are oh, are geez. like the girls are twins, and then they have a little brother who was born on the same day, seven years later, and then their cousin. Who was four and uh yeah there were a I lot of wanna, cakes i didn't want to say anything but i thought there might have been some frosting seeping out of the pores in your neck 
so much cake. I just don't want to eat again until Thursday. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yep. Ken, what's up with stop, you, man? Stop licking. <laughs> stop licking her. Oh. Ew. Wow. Ken, I man, now I want to It's a good thing this you. isn't a video no, episode, right? <laughs> I was just, I was going to say I wish it was a video episode because it's it's the <laughs> It's the playoffs, you know, in hockey and basketball, and so I've got this this fine playoff beard going. And uh, you know, I okay, I'm, I am gonna do something I haven't done much of uh, in the past, uh, and say, Ken, it's looking good. Wow, I like the current beard formation. You got you got some good uh, distinguished salt and pepper action going. It's yeah, a good length, right there in the chin. Uh, yeah, you just. Uh, you should keep it right there. I appreciate that. Buy, your, buy yourself a beard trimmer. I'm I'm thinking of keeping this and uh, working it in October for a Steve Rogers costume. Ooh, Ooh nice. There we go. You that know, could work. Oh, one that of my work. great yeah. one of my great regrets. I used to have uh, kind of shoulder length hair. You guys remember, oh, I remember those that. days? Um, yeah. I used it to have this my long dreams. hair, and I cut it off, uh, forgetting that I kind of had this plan that year. This is like two years ago. I had a plan to go as Snape for Halloween. Oh yeah, that would have worked. And it would have been it would have been fabulous. Uh, and I cut my hair, and like the next day, I realized what I had done because it was like October fifth or something that I cut my hair, and I realized, oh shoot, I should have just waited one more month. <laughs> Why don't I have a timestamp? Anyway, Todd, Todd, how you doing, buddy? <laughs> uh, sick on Thursday, job offer on Friday. Ooh. Really? Um, Did you take it? Are you going to take it? Uh, we are in negotiations. Okay. Wait, we'll, so were you sick in quotation marks so you could go to an interview? Oh, no, no. Do we? I, was, okay. I was legitimately sick. It was bad. In fact, I had a... Do I, we need to bleep out this entire section for your current employer? <laughs> <laughs> no, my, my current employer is aware. Uh, okay. Are these aggressive um, negotiations? Very awesome. Yeah? What, who, very. who wields the lightsaber in the relationship? Currently, I do. Nice. Um, we'll see what happens tomorrow. Nice. Yeah. So anyway, it's, I mean, good things, good things are going on at the same time. You know, there's, there's, uh, you know, there's, there's the ups and downs of life. We have, we have things going on. So, but yeah, for the most part, if, if all I had was that I had to sit through Avengers Infinity War with migraine, that's not too bad. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's a long movie to sit <laughs> through oh with gosh. migraine. We'll have it. We'll, we'll yeah, talk we'll about that. There. I'm sure. Two hours, so, 40 minutes. So this week we had a first in my family, uh, which is my four-year-old broke his foot it's the first broken bone in the family uh, my wife and I, neither, neither my, of you neither my wife nor i have ever had a cast wow. i i am pretty sure i cracked a rib skiing once uh <laughs> but that was just kind of you know it's like a miserable five weeks yeah, you can't and do then, anything about that yeah and then you're done um but we've never had a cast and uh, anyway so now. so he fell off his bike and he, you know it didn't look too bad he just kind of planted his foot on the ground but he was crying he made mom carry him home and we just thought, oh, you know, maybe he got bruised up. And so it was like 24 hours before I was finally like, oh, okay, I'll take him in. And sure enough, I love, okay, so we took him to a, a dock in the box kind of after hours. Yeah. And uh, and he, he we do the x-rays. And my four-year-old, who is a super sensitive kid, he was a champ. He makes it through all the x-rays and everything. And then uh, uh, the doctor pulls up the x-ray and he's kind of looking at it going, hmm, I wonder, I wonder what's going on. And I point to one of the, one of the, is it a metatarsal uh, yes. in the, in the foot? I can never remember. What Tarsals and metatarsals, carpals and metacarpals. Right, there you go. Yeah. So I, I'm looking at one of these foot bones, we'll call them, <laughs> uh, just to be safe. And, uh, and it's got this little spurt, like a sliver oh. kind of coming off of it. And it's right in the middle of his foot. And you can see it's just kind of like jamming into his muscle oh. and everything, you know, all the nerves and everything. 
it looks incredibly painful. And, uh, and I, I point to it and I'm like, is that what you're looking for? That, cause he'd been staring at this thing for like five minutes straight. And I was like, is that it? And he goes, Hmm, maybe. Oh, wow. Maybe we should probably have the podiatrist look at it. And I'm like, uh, at this point, good call. Doctor, yeah, get a second that's, opinion. That's that's doctor speak for. I don't want to be sued for malpractice. <laughs> that's. I was thinking about something else for five funny, minutes. Funny story. That same doctor, um, he operated on an ingrown toenail of mine when I was fourteen, and gave me a staph infection and almost took my foot off with wow. it. So yeah, maybe he did have our file and was like, yeah, I really, really don't want to be sued by these people. So. Were his, Absolutely. Were his first yeah. words when he walked wow. in, hi, everybody? No. I, <laughs> hi, everybody. No. Anyway, so yeah, that was an adventure. It was a, it was an interesting week. So. Holy. You bike, survived. So bike injuries. They are, we, we were, we were doing a, a bike ride with some scouts. One of them fell off his bike in a little bit of a collision, landed on his wrist. We're like, ah, you'll be fine. Just walk it off. <laughs> you get back and it's shattered. It was it was broken in three places. We felt so horrible. <laughs> I shouldn't say that that's on this awesome. podcast. Can we bleep that out? No, that's absolutely not, absolutely not. You get to live with that. Oh, no. You have to you have to lace the f words in through the story if you don't want us to use yeah, it. Oh crap! Um, so is so he speaking of him being a little trooper he uh he broke his foot we 48 hours later he had a cast on it and it got him a little walking boot we get home and uh well first of all the doctor was like now it's gonna take his brain a couple of days to remember that it's okay to walk on his foot because he thinks you know it's gonna hurt Mm -hmm. and he just jumped off the table the cast (laughs) table and just like walked down the hall (laughs) and uh and we get home we get home and he crawls out of the car and he grabs his bike and takes it down the street oh, no nice. way <laughs> nice that's, that's a good kid yeah i was pretty stoked on it anyway um so at, that was the next day after he got his cast that i went to go see a giant cast in avengers infinity war Ooh, nice that segue. is wow. nice segue that, well done well done if we had if we had awards for segues we should have would, that that should that, that would be that nominated deserves. That deserves uh, some thank applause. You, thank you, yeah. everyone. There you go. So I, I did. I went and saw Avengers Infinity War on opening night. And now I didn't do that so much because I was uh, so excited. I, you know, I, I wasn't overcome with uh, Star Wars Episode Seven esque emotion or anything <laughs> like that. Uh, but I figured, you know, it's culturally incumbent upon me to see the movie. We're going to be talking about it on the podcast. Uh, you know, I, I better go see it on opening night. So I did. Uh, Todd, you saw it opening night. I Ken, did. you saw it opening night. I did. Megan? I saw it on Friday. My office um, bought out a couple of movie theaters, oh, nice. and we all went in the afternoon. Oh, nice. Okay. I want to work for an office like that. Do you guys have right. openings? <laughs> you apparently, already, apparently, apparently he's taking interviews. We're uh, a software company. I don't, I don't know. Every uh, now and again. All right. So, uh, so we've all seen it. This is your last chance. If you have not seen it, uh, turn back now. I, I do not have any sort of, um, you know, dumbass, semi-witty three-paragraph summary of the movie. So we're gonna forego that for now. Um, but I, I do. Really? I maybe we can just uh, set this one up a little bit. Todd, what's been happening in the Marvel universe right leading up to this? Uh, you have. And I'm serious. You have 60 seconds right 
now. Uh, Black Panther movie, Wakanda. We've we've now introduced the idea that Wakanda is a very technologically advanced organization, uh, civilization. We have also illustrated the fact now that Thanos is moving and decided that he wants to uh, start acquiring all of the Infinity Stones for himself. He's moving to, what, Indiana? He's moving to take over all things. He's moving through the universe. Um, We've had some glimpses from Guardians of the Galaxy 2 about just how uh, deep his fascination with death goes because of Gamora's comments uh, along the way. We've also seen that the Avengers have broken up and they are kind of scattered and and fragmented. So we've got, uh, if, if there was a time for Thanos to decide that he wants to take action against the planet Earth, this was the right time to do it. Uh, Earth's Mightiest Heroes are not joined together. We've just had, we've also just had Thor Ragnarok with Asgard completely destroyed and... Uh, the Asgard civilization basically reduced to refugees on a on one flying spaceship. You're done. Um, and there's where we're and done. that's actually that's a, that's good a really and that's, good place to come. And that's yeah. where it picks up. This movie yeah. picks up right after which, the end credit scene. Which brings up one of my problems with um, Thor Ragnarok, mm-hmm. which is at the very end of the movie they herd their entire civilization onto a single yeah. ship, and they're like, "Oh, we're gonna save everybody." And I'm like, "Whoa, that sounds risky." <laughs> Turns out. I was right. It was risky. Um, and then and then there's some line in this one where it's like, he just wiped out half my civilization. And I'm like, half? Where's the other half? They're, no, that's not half. That's everybody. Um, anyway, so yeah. Anyway, that's, that's the opening is Thanos murders all the Asgardians, including Loki. Yeah, <laughs> um, his former henchman. Uh, right, right. Uh, from the first Avengers movie. So he yep. murders Loki. Um, and he also murders Heimdall. Did I get oh, that name right? You did. Yeah. You did. Yeah. Which, but not before Heimdall transports the Hulk the back Hulk, to Earth. Yeah, sure. Which makes me go, why are they on a ship at all? Why didn't Heimdall just bifrost them to someplace? Ken, shh. We don't ask these questions. <laughs> we don't. We don't ask. <laughs> we don't. We don't questions. ask these questions. Just. Just. We let don't it... ask questions that shorten the two-hour and forty-minute movie. I just. We want all the minutes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Take your minutes. <laughs> take take your confrontation with Thanos and his his uh, minions. So um, anyway, so yeah, that's what we open on is the the death of Loki. Um, Thor gets away because the movie needs him to. I can't remember exactly how, but he does because he's part of the other half. Uh, Actually, with with Thor, he is. Isn't he shot into space? He is. He is. Um, uh, wrapped up by by Corvus Glaive, or no, excuse yeah. me, yes. by Ebony Maw. Uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, with with metal pieces holding him still, while Thanos blows up the ship. The, one of the one of the things that oh, uh, that's right. The ship the, blows up around him. Later, the Guardians pick him up. Yeah, okay. one of the one of the things that and and part of the reason <laughs> that makes sense is because as Guardians do have the ability to exist in space. We saw that a little bit when uh, we were dealing with Thor Ragnarok and Loki gets tumbled out of the Bifrost. Mm-hmm. So that. It works. There's some continuity with it, so yeah, that didn't bother me so much. Um, that's fine. Anyway, um, so that's that's where we pick up the movie, and then a bunch of stuff happens, and and we'll get to all the other stuff. Uh, but let's go to Megan. Megan, oh, no. overview. You know, uh, a mile high, bird's eye view. How'd you like the movie? Um, first initial thoughts. I liked it. I. I, so I got to the end and just said, I want to see that movie again. Because, I mean, so much happens, but also it's just a lot of fun. I really like all those characters. It ended pretty much the way I thought it would. 
which interesting was fun to okay. be like, woohoo, I watch a lot of movies and I have an idea of how things are supposed to go in them. Right. Um, See, yeah, I, I don't have any coherent thoughts. I, right and now. I, so when I got to the end, I thought, yeah, I've seen a lot of movies. I know how this is supposed to end. That wasn't it. <laughs> um, oh, really? Because it's a two-parter. I thought the first part, you have to end at right. rock bottom. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, Looking Ken, like that, I'm going to win. Ken, were you, were you generally pleased or displeased walking out? I was, I was pleased. I, I was as pleased as I expected to be. I should say I, I was whelmed by this movie. I wasn't overwhelmed. I wasn't underwhelmed. I, was, I left pleased. I left wanting to see it again, and I left uh, putting it, you know, high in my rankings of the nineteen Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. Okay, Todd, so I mean, yes, uh, Todd. Let me ask you this because I already know you're just gonna say, "Yeah, it was awesome. It was amazing." <laughs> wow, um, that sounded just like Ken. Look, I am, I'm sorry, like Todd. <laughs> I am a whiz with impressions. So uh, I, I want to ask you: in that opening scene, we finally get more than five and a half seconds with Thanos. Yeah. How did you like him? How did you like Josh Brolin? How'd you like Thanos? Uh, what were your thoughts on that? And and here's the thing. I know you're going to say something along the lines of, well, considering the history with the comic, and that's fine. That's fine. You can do that. But if you, that. if you do that, I also want to hear your thoughts as a regular moviegoer as much as you can. As a regular moviegoer as much as I can. Um, I'll give you that first. Thanos lives up to the hype as far as being this big baddie, but we don't necessarily see it in that first scene. It takes a little while for that to occur. Instead, what we get is the Black Guard, his his loyal followers. We get Call Obsidian, we get Corvus Glaive, we get Proxima Midnight, we get all of them doing his dirty work. Um, and And from my standpoint, if you have a villain who has villains working for him that are that good... That sets a tone for what you expect from this guy. And I think that delivered very well. When we finally get Josh Brolin delivering lines and working with the motion capture, granted, you've got to give, you've got to give at least 50% of this to the, to the graphic designers, the CGI guys who, who turn around and say, okay, he moved this way. Let's overlay all of this stuff on top. And the overlays were good. Um, they worked. They felt, they, they felt natural and real for, as far as a comic book character can. Um, but as far as Josh Brolin's delivery and, and pacing and mood and all of those kinds of things. I really think he nailed it. I, I enjoyed the, I enjoyed the performance and I've watched Josh Brolin in a couple of other things that I've said to myself, Hmm, I wonder how he's going to do with Thanos. He did a good job. I was pleased. Well, good. And, and as a, uh, as okay. a, as a comic book aficionado, I do want to preface this by saying, okay, we're 18 minutes into this episode. We have another 42 to go. Many of those will be taken up by Todd talking comic, <laughs> comic crap. <laughs> so I just want you to prepare yourselves. Reference the E11 carbine blaster. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Go ahead, Todd. Um, from a, from a, uh, from a continuity standpoint of the comic book universe, um, the one thing that I was disappointed with in the in the uh, interpretation of Thanos is that he seems a little small. Um, Thanos, as in stature, as in stature. Um, Thanos, whenever I whenever I look at Thanos, I think broader and uh, more massive. Josh Brolin comes across as a svelte, very fit Thanos, rather than a. I could crush any mountain around me, Thanos. Now, this Thanos was bigger than the Hulk. He was bigger than the Hulk, but he so, wasn't broader. He was broader than, than the Hulk. Hulk. He no, was he, a, wasn't. he no, was he wasn't. thick. 
he was he if if you compare things are getting things are getting mildly erotic around here. And I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of uncomfortable. I I just am used to the idea that Thanos is a much he's he's a he's a um a more he he in the comic books he feels more massive. In this he didn't feel quite as massive, quite as differentiated from the rest of the heroes. Um, the only two that the only two in the comic book universe that really are able to stand toe to toe with him are Drax and the Hulk. Um, and both of those seemed uh, a little closer matched as far as physical stature than they normally are portrayed in the comic books. And so that was the only thing that I said to myself, hmm, I, I really wish Thanos had been bigger. I'll say they did they did a few things to, to make it seem like he was bigger, though, in, in terms of they'll have, for example, in the very first scene when Loki is holding the Tesseract in it, you know, and envelops his whole hand and he hands it to, to um he hands it to Thanos and it, it barely in the palm of his hand. I mean, they, they do stuff like that to make it look like to use, to use a relative force per- perspective. Thank you. I'm like, what's the word uh, to, to make him seem bigger. Yeah. So. But the, it, it, it felt inconsistent. Um, that is true. It felt inconsistent. I'm with that. So that was the only thing that I, I wished, I wished it had, he had been a, I wished he had, they had given him a more massive, uh, stature. It felt like he was a little under 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 portrayed. Okay, all right. Um, but but that's a that's a CGI thing. That's that's not performance wise. That's CGI versus what I was expecting to see in the comic books. So did you want him to be able to pick up um, tiny baby Gamora in like the palm of his hand, like she's a little fairy? Pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Um, I kind of like that mental image. I love having your descriptions around here. So I, as I was watching it, I I was under the mistaken impression, mostly because I. Uh, like I don't care enough to seek out information outside mm-hmm. the movies, and so I was under the impression that it was in fact Ron Perlman playing Thanos. Oh yeah, right. uh, okay. And I I really I did. I thought it was Ron Perlman, and I was like, oh, that's an interesting choice. That's a good one. I mean, you know, it's he would have made Perlman. a good Thanos. Good Thanos. Uh, but then as I was watching Josh Brolin do his thing, I was like, nah, this is this is good. Yeah, yeah. I Ron Perlman would have been good. Josh Brolin was better. So I don't I, mind I don't I don't uh, mind the visuals of Thanos so much as as Josh Brolin's voice I thought was fantastic the he way he delivered all of the Thanos lines just with that little bit of gravel but not too much like I'm Batman I'm Thanos gravel you know yeah I yeah. I thought it was perfect and that's probably I wonder how much of that was in post if they pitched him down a little bit in the audio or something like that knowing awesome. josh brolin there's probably some of that but i but i bet he was i bet he was working very aggressively to get that right. kind of a sound yeah anyway. uh okay so that's good i so i want to give a lot of positives first because i do have one like personal negative uh, Ooh, i can't wait that uh, that we'll get to obviously um <laughs> but how impressive uh was the fact and let me back up a little bit we go into this movie knowing that there are what was it seventeen? This was the eighteenth. This was nineteen. Marvel, was this nineteen? So yeah. there were eighteen Marvel movies preceding it. All these characters, all these side characters, um, a shocking number of people were not killed off in the eighteen movies leading up to this, and so you just have this monstrous <laughs> cast of um, of a cast of thousands. Ex- yeah, exactly. And um, and all of them becoming superstars in their own right. And as I was going into this movie, I was thinking to myself, they can't possibly juggle this story-wise. Um, they there were, I think, some missteps um, and just things. Maybe not even missteps so much as like it 
cannot be done. You cannot have this many characters in two and a half hours and tell a, a story a certain way. However, I was actually genuinely really impressed that uh, over the course of two and a half hours, we have 8,000 uh, speaking roles, another 500 locales, you have mm -hmm. six MacGuffins, and kudos to the writing team on keeping this one pretty tight. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was never lost. I, I never wondered um where i was or you know who was doing what and it, it, does that make sense yeah like it it was tight in that way and that was uh really impressive i thought they they took a uh the writers took a wonderful cue from the way that the infinity war played out in the comic books um and they they're different granted they're different and there's and for some of our listeners who probably are from as familiar with the comic book world uh, as as would need to be, they can put out all of the different ways that they didn't quite match up, and that's fine, because um, I agree with that. But they took a cue that said, this is the story about Thanos versus everybody. It's not everybody else's story against Thanos. And when you tell it from that perspective, that changes the way that they have... The, that changes the opportunity that they have. They can start talking about people trying to outguess Thanos, and that's what leads us to follow the story. And they and like you said, the writers did a beautiful job of that. That's the way that it was followed in the comic book series. They followed it very well in this as well. They they did that mostly. I could have used a little bit more um, uh, internal Thanos. I guess I, I could have used yeah. a little more following along with him. Yeah, they didn't really. They they started that about halfway through the film. Where all of a sudden you started getting like the flashbacks the Gore, with Gamora. The Gamora flashbacks, yeah. yeah. It, it took a while to get there. When you and, and when you do get there, it's a great payoff. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I liked her storyline. And a lot. it's a great setup. I thought they I thought they did everything they needed to to set up that that ending moment in the film. I was like, Al almost, I loved it. almost. So yeah, uh, okay, we've already spoiled this up twice. I mean, spoiler warning did up twice. So. I just want to double check. Has so, everybody seen all of the Marvel movies leading up to this? Like everything that would be... I haven't seen the oh, Deadpool yeah. pool movie, but I kind of assume it's its own thing. Yeah, that's Deadpool, Deadpool okay. didn't have anything. Because I, I... One of the reasons why I thought I could follow it pretty well is because I have seen all the movies. Yeah. And I... I think I've seen all the movies. I think okay. maybe, I, maybe not have. the whole. I don't ones. remember we anything have. from Iron Man 2, but you know. <laughs> that's, that's part okay. of... That's the part Hulk of movies. I'm not done. The Hulk movies were pulled out of I know, I'm sorry. The Hulk movies were pulled out of the continuity as far as not all of them. Approaching. The Edward Norton uh, Hulk is part of the continuity. Well, yes, but not from the standpoint of teasers and and preparation work for this for this conflict. Well, in the sense that it didn't need to be, but the the in credit scenes were all related to. Oh yeah, my I was gosh, that's true. Such freaking dorks. There you go. Now that's back why to, you love back us. To Craig. Craig. Craig has a point. <laughs> so I'm sorry, Craig. So finish your thought. Gamora dies. What? What? And it's uh, so in order to get the soul stone, which I am incensed was not in Wakanda. Um, <laughs> but in order to get the soul stone, um, yeah, what's his name? Thanos has to confront the Red Skull from, is that Red Skull? Yeah, it was Red from Skull. Red Captain Skull America from Captain America. No, how random Red was Skull. that? How about that? So anyway, uh, so he confronts him and he's like, you must sacrifice what you love most. And so he a throws- soul for a soul. He throws Gamora, gr Gamora. Granola. He throws Granola <laughs> off a cliff and um, generic i hate you and it's this it's this whole thing about like <laughs> she's like haha you suck because you, you love nothing you don't love nothing and, and okay so there and then he throws her off the cliff and he gets the soul stone because it turns out he really did love her he loved gamora but well, like, more than anything else i don't 
I didn't buy that. I know. Like there was the there was the scene the the flashback where he finds her as a little girl and murders every well, murders half, half half of her civilization and yeah. kidnaps her. Um and and I just and that was it. Like that was all that we see of their relationship. Um at least the only thing of any substance. And so when it came down to that moment, I'm like, no, this guy is incapable of love or attachment. And she's hit the nail on her head on the head. And then she dies and he gets the soul stone. And I'm like, nah, that I didn't buy it. It requires a leap. Um, <laughs> it, <laughs> or a toss. Oh, no. <laughs> or, a, or a toss. That's awful. And for our, well, it's especially, especially awful for our, for our British, British listeners. listeners. <laughs> yes. Where there's only he, one way to get the soul stone. He doesn't know what he said. <laughs> no. Leave him alone. Be gentle with <laughs> he, him. He doesn't know he, what he just said. He knows said. what he said if he were in Britain. Oh, boy, Ken. We'll, we'll hurt you later. <laughs> um, I want you to explain that to me later. Later. Maybe. Okay. Um, it, it requires, it, it does require a leap, but there's, there's a couple of hints, um, that, that make it very clear that Thanos has a fatherly relationship and that the writers are trying to give just enough of a clue that as complicated as it is, he feels that relationship and feels it keenly for Gamora more so than he feels for, for any of his other protégés. Proxima Midnight is one of his, is one of his daughters, uh, Corvus Glaive, Ebony Ma, all of these. Yeah. Nebula and Nebula is the one that that it really just uh, makes it hard for you to see any kind of a fatherly affection because mm-hmm. of what he's doing to her, mm-hmm. um, uh, putting her on the on the equivalent of a of a science fiction rack machine and just pulling her to pieces. That, that was, was awesome. Which that was not, one of the best science fiction moments I think I've seen. We're in not a we're long not talking time. about complaints yet, right? No, or, go ahead. Because I mean, go ahead. I, that was one of my chief complaints of a movie that I overwhelmingly liked is that for the fate of the galaxy and and she's ready to, to sacrifice herself and hey if we get to thanos you kill me peter because you know i know where this soul yeah. stone is she's sure <laughs> quick to give it up for for nebula i mean you know he's he's torturing her so she's like okay come on i'll take you to the soul stone you just got done saying how important it is that he doesn't I find was, this i thought that was going to be a dantooine moment uh, I was a little disappointed. Yeah. yeah. But you don't have time for a Dantooine moment, I guess. I think she really yeah. believed that she already knew what would happen to get there. And I think she knew that when he got there, he'd be stymied. There would be nothing he could do about it. I don't think he was... I don't think she knows how, how to access the Soul Stone, though. I right? think she did. I yeah. think... And I think she was... Maybe. I think she figured that when they got there, he would find out you have to sacrifice the one thing you love. The only thing you love is yourself. You have to sacrifice yourself. It's a loop that doesn't work. And she was pretty confident that it was not going to be a problem. Could be. But at the same time, Again. she was pretty quick to sacrifice herself to save that secret. So I don't. Well, it's, it's I found it was interesting. There are at least six times in this movie where somebody had to choose between giving Thanos what he wanted or saving somebody's life. And it was really interesting to see how each of the characters who was faced with that situation handle it. Because Peter pulled the trigger. He would have killed Gamora. Yes, he if, did. Yeah if not for the reality stone and um <laughs> dr strange <laughs> well, i'm sorry gave up the gave up the the, eye the, the time stone the one yeah the one that he had to save um other peter and that, tony and that, like there were so many though, I well i know but I, he knew the end game so yes. he knew that that was part of what needed to happen but right. i mean there were so many loki and thor that's there were a lot of little moments in there where somebody had to choose between you know do i save the person that I love or do I, you know, do this thing that has to be done or do this thing that shouldn't be done. I have to go back for one second. That was a nice moment for, for Loki to, I mean, go ahead, kill him. No, wait, don't. Okay. 
you know, one yeah. last second to say, okay, I do love my brother, you know, and that was, that was a nice little redemptive moment for Loki. Anyway. Uh, side note, uh, Red Skull was played by Ross Marquand. What? Yes. Not, Boo. not Hugh, Hugo uh, Weaving. Yeah. I didn't think it sounded oh. like Hugo. Yeah, that's, that's funny. That's what I was a little confused. That's funny because I did when they showed the, the character in black. I'm like, that sounds like Hugo Weaving. If anybody's wondering who uh, Ross Marquand is, you oh. would know him maybe best from Walking Dead. Yeah, he, he plays was, Aaron. He, he's the curly-haired son of the whatever leader. I don't. It doesn't matter anymore. Let's move on. Um, that was I, I didn't know until I just looked that up. So and he looked yeah. it up because he got bored of our side conversation. But <laughs> you know, that's, just that's interesting. Right. So let me change gears here a little bit uh, and ask you about this: the music. How'd you guys like the music? Um, it, this was an Alan Silvestri score. Yep. Did you feel like it did the job? I liked the music a lot, and I liked the fact that it changed based on who we were yes. with. It was mm-hmm. it was all Avengery when we were with uh, Captain Rogers, and when we were with Tony and Doc, and all that. And then we get to the Guardians, and all of a sudden it changes to Guardian style, oh, you know, yeah. lighter, more comedic music. It was I thought it was fantastic. The only time I ever noticed it was when it was the main Avengers theme. Um, and I kind of feel like that's a mark of a good score is that oh, I yeah. never noticed it. Um, yeah. But then the times when it was Avengery, I was like, wow, this is really, really Avengery. For me, it's always, <laughs> for me, music is, is the first thing that I notice. And so I'm listening for it early and it helps me, it helps me make a, 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 a the, the connection into the film. Either it does it well or it doesn't do it at all. And this one did it very well. I like Alan Sylvester to begin with. Um, I like his music. I like his style, and I think he nailed it for this film. So I was very pleased. So trivia time. Woo. Alan Silvestri uh, has written. Uh, well, I mean, sociologists had to come up with this term a crap ton just to describe <laughs> how many movies Alan Silvestri has done. Way to go, Alan! Can you name five other Alan Silvestri scores? Ooh. I should be able to because I know he's scored. Can you name one? I was gonna go for three. And I was like, no, that's too easy. I want five. But can you guys even do one Alan Silvestri score? I'm afraid to say because I'm afraid to be wrong. Just say. Be wrong, Ken. We're used to I'm it. Not. It's fine. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no. Uh, how about Back to the Future? That's what I was going to say. He did the Back to the Future. Oh, yeah. He did all the Back to the Future movies. He did Predator. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is awesome. Uh, and he also did, I mean, he did The Bodyguard, Forrest Gump. The G.I. Joe movies, he yep. did Ready Player One. Uh, you could go back to Romancing the Stone. He did that. Like, I mean, this guy has been writing killer music yeah. since the early 80s. I think even maybe back into the 70s. Maybe. Um, this and, and here's another thing that I found out as I was kind of doing a little research on Alan Silvestri because this is what I care about. I care about, you know, conductors and composers. <laughs> um, he did The Mummy Returns. Stuart Little 2, Tomb Raider 2, The Cradle of Life, you know, the Angelina mm-hmm. Jolie one, The Odd Couple 2, Young Guns 2. He seems to score a lot of sequels that he didn't do the originals of <laughs> as though um, as though you there's a Hollywood franchise brought to life and, you know, Brendan Fraser does The Mummy and, and it's this huge movie and everybody loves it and they're like, oh, we have this huge property on our hands. We can't screw it up, so let's not take any chances. And so you bring in Alan Silvestri to make sure that that Someone score who, is good, you know, the guy who didn't do it in the first place. Well, right. I mean, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know exactly why this is, but uh, but he seems to do a lot of sequels only. Well, not not uh, his first Marvel movie, either. 
because uh, he scored Captain America, right? Right. Yep. So, um, so anyway, that's that's enough, I guess, on Alan Silvestri. So, I I tried and failed, by the way, to figure out how many cast members in this movie have Academy Award nominations and or wins. Ooh. But oh. it's something on the order of like ten. It's, it's a lot. Crazy. Yeah. It is crazy the the uh star power yeah. that you have in this movie. This was something that was like this was a big yeah. deal back in the, you know, like the 70s and the 80s. You had like the all-star cast. Oscar it, winner, yeah. Oscar nominee, Oscar nominee. Well, yeah. it's not just that. It's like you, this is how you used to sell movies was you would pack these uh yes. big names into a cast, right? Mm-hmm. You would you would pack it with stars. That's where you like the idea of an all-star cast came about 30 or 40 years ago and uh and it kind of got away from that yeah people don't really seem to care much about that anymore and i would still argue that that's true that we're much more about you know just the story or the spectacle at least and it's less about the name on the poster Mm -hmm. Uh, but it is interesting that this movie it kind of brings that back where it's just like everybody who is anybody in hollywood right now seems to be in this particular movie, <laughs> except for the except for the cast of Ant Man and Wasp, um, <laughs> yes. yeah, and Hawkeye, and Hawkeye. It's oh yeah, that's, that's true. Those, those I was were, very those disappointed were, uh, that Ant Man was not in this movie. I did not work it into my uh, opening insults, but that was what I was going to name Ryan and Kyle was Ant Man and Hawkeye, <laughs> <laughs> since they're they're about as present. <laughs> one of the I, I i i appreciate the thought because i was i was noticing the same thing but but the reason that a lot of these actors um not not in all cases obviously uh don Cheadle's got tremendous chops on his own mm-hmm. uh mackie's done some wonderful stuff uh, robert downey jr's done some wonderful stuff all of them have done really powerful and interesting things but they've made names for themselves in this universe mm-hmm. In this in this Marvel Cinematic Universe, and so it makes sense to pull them all together. But it's interesting that that the script, the script writers, Kevin Feige, um, all of this team got them focused in such a way that it doesn't appear that there was a lot of fighting to say I need to have more camera time, I need to have more screen mm-hmm. time. It was it, it felt like the story was the preeminent thing. They all acted as ensemble uh, mm-hmm. contributors. And the story drove itself forward without feeling like we were, we needed yeah. the obligatory I, five caps. I kind of feel like whatever. if if I ever got a look at one of the uh, Disney NDAs from these movies, the non disclosure agreements, it would be like peering into the Ark of the Covenant from Indiana Jones, oh, and my face, face would, would just melt off. melt off, and like I would, I would oh, perish yeah. for all of eternity because it would. It's got to be terrifying. Right. Well, uh, apparently they didn't even let Tom Holland read the entire script because he spoiled so many things from right. Spider-Man Homecoming. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, here are your pieces and this you're is, done. This is why you don't work with kids. And this, <laughs> and and when you show up on the last day, we're going to give you a gag order and you get to do this. And then we send you someplace without social media for the next six and months. And then we're going to kill you off at the end so that... <laughs> You can't spoil the next one. No, but I mean seriously, and uh, this is kind of on a different note, but we're uh, we're almost into solo uh, territory now, where the solo movie is coming out mm-hmm. soon, yeah. and um, ha- and it's kind of the same thing there, where they had some real drama with uh, how the production turned out and all the reshoots and all, blah, 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 all this stuff, 
And, you know, you get little tidbits here and there, but mostly what it is is the Marvel, Disney, corporate uh, mm-hmm. statements that say, well, you know, things things were great, but we weren't really pleased. We didn't think the fans would love the direction that the, the movie was going, and blah, blah, blah. Where it's this kind of boilerplate crap where you know that there was some pretty serious drama. But behind all of that, or I should say in front of all of that, is this uh, this Thanos Hulk-sized NDA saying, yes. you know, like holding up a wizard staff saying, you shall not pass. Yes. Uh, you know. Saying, we will destroy half of you. Exactly. <laughs> if you, well, and if you more disclose, than half. And, right. and they know their stuff. Have they you guys seen the, their stuff? Did you guys track the body count in this movie? No. No. Why would I do that? Because there was a lot of it. So are you talking stop. about are you talking about stop. the hero body count or the total body count? The hero body count because oh, the total okay. body oh, count yeah. was like well, you know half. I feel like we're getting into <laughs> well played, you know, Ken. So. Well played. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, okay. So uh, are we getting into the ending now? Do we want to do? We that? can do that. We can do uh, that. Okay, Ken, go. All right, so these are the people that died by my count. Heimdall, Loki, Gamora, Vision, Black Panther, uh, Wanda, Bucky, Falcon, Star-Lord, Drax, Groot, Mantis, Doctor Strange, Spider-Man, Nick Fury, and Maria Hill. That's they died 16? In, they, they died in the, uh, the end credit scene. The ones who survived, Cap, Iron Man, Thor, Black Widow, Hulk, War Machine, Rocket, Nebula, Mabaku, um, who was the, you need to learn how to pronounce white, that, but Mbaku, go on. Mbaku. Mbaku. Thank you. Sorry. I knew how, anyway. I don't um, know who that is. He's the Jabari, uh, the, um, he's the, oh, other, okay. the, the, gorilla. the, other, the leader yeah. of the gorilla the clan, the ape clan. Yeah. And, uh, the ones that we don't see, but we don't see die either. Wong, uh, pepper happy, maybe, I don't know. And then the no shows Hawkeye, Ant-Man, Wasp, Captain Marvel. Well, we um, know that Ant-Man and the Wasp are still alive because they have a it's we don't. I have a feeling they don't. better be. Here's it is, it that, is could be, that could be pre Avengers. It is theorized that that movie uh, is pre Avengers because they well, show the land, the, okay. the skyscraper. All right. Look, I have the feeling. Just, just, I have the feeling that what they're going to do with this is they're going to say they're at, when they when they get to the end of the Ant Man and the Wasp, they're going to do an end credit scene where we see the after effects of the ah. Infinity War taking place. In their in their film, that's yes. what I'm getting. That's, that's what I'm betting is going to happen. That's my theory also. And the Ant Man and Wasp and Hawkeye will all be integral in uh, Avengers Four. Should we can we talk about Captain Marvel? Can we mention? No, that? we're not talking about Captain Marvel right now. All okay. right, I got we're a theory about, about Captain Marvel. So I did. I did think it really interesting that most of the people who did survive were the original Avengers. Yes, the I ones who in Tony Stark's vision and I want to say Age of Ultron. Like yeah, it was. he saw the big pile of bodies and it was. All the original people, but they are all alive. Yeah, uh, yeah. But here's so about. Here's that. my question: is I how many say, come I want to say some shit, Ken. <laughs> I want to know how many come back. You just asked Ken his thoughts. Go oh, ahead, Greg. No, I <laughs> wanted you. his Thank list. Thank you, Megan. Do you Thank have you. more oh. list, Ken? That that's pretty much my list. And you are going to be honored pretty soon here. <laughs> I kill you with my pinky. <laughs> uh, so I I do want to talk about the ending because this is the part that um that I had the hardest time with story wise this is the part I, I was with the movie I was having a good time yeah you can poke all sorts of little holes and whatnot but screw that it's a fun movie that's you're not there for that you're there for a good time yeah. and then you get to the end and and I was really kind of taken out and I was left with a bitter taste in my mouth uh, as I left the theater and and that threw me a little bit so I do want to talk about this and How so 
Uh, so here's what it is. I know what they're trying to go for. They're trying to go for a little Empire Strikes Back action. You know, Luke gets his hand chopped off and the rebellion is being chased across the galaxy. And Hans and, and carbonite. Hans in carbonite. Everything is falling apart and roll credits, right? Wrong. Because, yeah, Luke gets his hand chopped off, but then by the end of the movie, you know, he's kind of getting his little robotic hand attached. Yeah, Hans in carbonite, but Chewie and Lando are going after him. And you kind of They're see mounting that. A rescue, yeah. And, you know, and you, at the very last thing before the credits roll is uh, is Luke and Leia and the droids staring into this beautiful space vista, right? And so you have everything is going wrong, but then the message at the end of the movie is yes, but. Time for stuff to go right. Things okay. are, you know, they, they, they are going to get back on track. Things are going to be okay. Now, here my two big problems with that with regards to this movie is you know that is kind of how i see the way that you tell a story like that it is kind of a similar thing you could talk about all sorts of movies like uh like the two towers or harry potter seven part one whatever we want to call that movie um you know it's kind of a similar thing where you your heroes are at their darkest moment but they are looking up out of the pit into the sunshine and they're you know they're you know they're going to climb toward it in this one, they just fall into the pit and you roll credits, mm-hmm. yes. right? Mm-hmm. And that really threw me off where everybody dies and uh, and everything is dark and everything is um, is dreary and awful, uh, dreadful, I would say. And then they roll the credits. So that's my first, and, and okay. we can come back to that. That's my first thing. But then the second thing right after that is um, as soon as the credits roll, I'm like, wait, what? Five seconds later, I go, oh, well, no, no, they did not just nuke their brand new successful Spider-Man franchise. Uh-huh. No, they did not just nuke their Guardians extremely of the Galaxy. lucrative Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. franchise. No, they did not just nuke every every other yep. franchise, right? Yep. And so it kind of undercuts everything they were trying to do. All of that dread yeah. that they're building up, you're like, oh. Oh, never mind. So basically, they're just going to time stone it or something. You I know, hope yeah. not. they they kind of they've already done that where they brought back Vision, so they right. What's his face could get the stone? Right. Can't believe I forgot Thanos Thanos's name. <laughs> yeah. um, but I'm like, so they've done that. So I really hope they don't do that again because it is such a cop out. It's Spider Man going backwards around the world. Like, but they're, they're going to have to do Superman. Some, Superman. Oh my gosh, what's wow. wrong with me? <laughs> it's okay. But they're they're going to have to do something. You're right, and I thought the same thing as soon as as soon as Black Panther mm-hmm. uh, dusted, as soon as, yeah, as Spider Man, yeah. as soon as Doctor Strange. I'm like, these people all have sequels already announced. Yeah, they're going to come back yeah. somehow. This is anticlimactic. Todd's looking for a hug. The, the no, Guardians no, no, too. Guardians all go give him a hug. Craig. I'm looking for I'm looking for 30 seconds because again we go back. There's two things. First one is this is Thanos's story. And oh. Thanos' story ends happy because you remember what he said? He said, I'd snap my fingers, I would put balance to the universe, and when my job was done, I would sit and watch the sunrise. Well, sure. No, and sure. that's what he that. does. I get that. And what I'm oh. saying is Thanos' story is not the one that we are there to see. Correct. Which is why they do they do two things that are really, really that that are fascinating for me. The first one is uh, they give the indication that the rest of the planet is feel, feeling this as well in the end credit scene mm-hmm. and they introduce Captain Marvel as as a character that's going to have to be pivotal on, on this particular process. Mm-hmm. We're going to bring in the Kree um, which also brings the opportunity for us to bring in the Inhumans. Why are we bringing in the Kree? We, because Captain Marvel is... Wait, what's, why, what pointed to the Kree? 
Captain Marvel. Oh, Captain Marvel gets her. Carol Danvers gets her powers as a result of uh, melding with a Cree individual who gives her all of his powers. It's a long story. It's going to be really kind of cool. Sounds sexy. It's, it's being hot. pitched in the '90s, so it probably will be melding with um, the Cree. Yes. Oh, does that mean I needed to watch Agents of Shield? No, no. Okay. Um, it, it, you can Different get it later. Humans. You can get okay. it later. Um, same, same, but same group right. and same process. The other thing, that, the other thing that we need to recognize is that this impact takes place across the galaxy and, in fact, across the universe. So all of the scroll, they have the opportunity to bring in all kinds of other characters, all kinds of other groups to be able to work with this in the next one. The way they did it in the com, the way that it works in the comic books, um, and for anybody, if if this actually winds up happening the way that the, that Marvel runs it, don't call me a prophet. Just to just say <laughs> that I spent a, had a misspent youth reading too many comic books. Um, we say Thanos, that anyway. Yeah, I was going to say done. <laughs> Thanos. Uh, the one thing we didn't touch on this movie that this movie never touched on about Thanos' story is that the reason he wants to bring balance to the universe, he wants to kill off half of the universe as his offering to his paramour, to his girlfriend, to his high school crush, Lady Death. Yeah. And impress her enough that she will decide to be his his girlfriend and go to the prom with him. That's his whole deal. <laughs> that, that's his whole and stick in the comic books. But it he is, can't play it in this. They, so. they, yeah. they they didn't touch on that at all. And so I I I wonder if that's going to make if that's going to surface. Um, is Lady Dif- Death different than Hella? Yes. yes. Okay. Yes, Lady Death. Bummer, is a, I want her to come back. Lady Death is an eternal, or an uh, sometimes they're called celestials. Um, oh, kind of like ego. Yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly like ego. And so they're going to, they, there's, there's every possibility of being able to introduce them. And when that happened in the comic books, Lady Death looked at Thanos and said, you don't get it, do you? You screwed everything up because now who is there to die? Everything is balanced. And so this doesn't work for me. And Thanos goes back and rewrites it himself to do a re, to do a reset, but he resets it. And restarts things so that things change a little bit. So this is kind of um... this is the opportunity that Marvel has as a as a franchise to write Steve Rogers out. Um, it's Steve Rogers' opportunity to go and uh, retrieve the Soul Stone by doing the same kind of thing uh, that, doing that a life Thanos for life did. Life for life. He sacrifices himself to make sure that the Soul Stone is taken away from Thanos and given to Bucky or somebody. But they've got all kinds of opportunities now to let these big stars out of their contracts because most of them have said we're done after this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, but well, most of their contracts are up. So yeah, it's... and they and they did not, and most of them didn't renew. So and some of the and the ones that their contracts are still ongoing, we already know about them. So this this is a a great opportunity to restart the franchise without having to do an awful lot of retcon stuff. Uh, they've got a great opportunity to be able to do. Uh, to do the things that they did in the in the comic book series, which is bring everybody back and reset that if was... they choose. They've got and 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 it's and the vehicle for doing it has already been laced in both through the comic book universe and through the Guardians of the Galaxy. You remember in the end credit scene, um, the cocoon that showed up at the oh, very with end. Adam Warlock in it. Yeah. Adam Warlock is the one who actually takes the Infinity Gauntlet from Thanos and. Uh, once Thanos resets everything, he takes it and he says, you know, obviously this can't be trusted to you. I will take it. I take care of it from this point forward. So I think we've got some pieces that some some set pieces that we still get to see the rest of it. But the next story will not be Thanos's story. It'll be a 
told from a different perspective. Yeah, and I, so mm. what you're saying makes sense. I, I, I don't agree necessarily with that direction from Marvel, just because you know we've been following the good guys the entire time. And sure, if, if you're right. going to shift perspective to the bad guy, I think that's a mistake. Um, I didn't, I didn't think of it that way while I was watching it, but that, that makes sense to me as you're saying it. And if that's what they were thinking, I think it's a mistake. And then if they switch it back again uh you know it's it's kind of a tonal uh shifting nightmare uh of sorts now all this being said i i do want to reiterate what i said before i got into i didn't like the ending and that is that i really enjoyed this movie sure I oh had yeah a great time sure. i just left with some ashes in my mouth so to speak. oh i see what you did there um so anyway uh i i got that off my chest now we can move on to final thoughts, I think. So, um, Todd, final thoughts. Let's start with you because I know yours are going to be the longest. <laughs> oh, um, wow. Gauntlet thrown down. I'll pick it up and throw Infinity it away Gauntlet and just be down. long. Ooh, there we go. Let me pick up my mug again. Um, <laughs> I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. I went in. I, I mentioned before I went in with a migraine. Uh, going to a Marvel movie with a migraine and you is, came out healed. is not a good experience. <laughs> I came out numb. Uh, I went in trying to hold still. Uh, He's like, if I can but touch the garments, the the hem of the garments of the Avengers movie. No, it, it, it was more <laughs> Hoping along, there would be no flashing it was, lights. It was more along the lines of, if I can hold down my popcorn while watching this in 3D, I'm going to call this a real success. Oh, you watched oh. it in 3D? What? I watched it in 3D. Oh, no, oh. no. I watched it in 3D, and it was awesome no it was awesome it was well worth it i really enjoyed it um but and 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 my butt is a is a statement saying this is like watching oh i was really confused okay this is <laughs> i was like what exactly is your butt a statement of like i'm, I'm interested i enjoyed it. sedentary life i enjoyed it and let's go Corporate i'll change America. it to and i enjoyed it and I'm. I think my final decision about really how well this works and how well this film worked is going to be based on the second half. Yeah. So I enjoyed it. I don't. But standalone, it will. Let's see how the second half plays out, and we'll determine in much the same way that I liked. Um, you know, I, I've. There are movies that I like, but I like them better when I see the second half of that film put together. Um, this the the Star Wars prequels. Um. You know, there there are bits and pieces of those that you like. You like them all together. But individually, boy, I really didn't like, you know, Attack of the Clones. But yeah. by the time you connect it with Re Revenge of the Sith, yeah, okay, it was okay. Then I still don't like it, but it connects. <laughs> wow. Prequels <laughs> references, Todd. You, that, that's where you went Bingo. for your final thought. That's the hill you're dying on for this episode. Uh, okay. I need to see the second half. Ken, go ahead. I, I have a feeling that um, the Captain Marvel movie will play heavily into setting up Avengers four. Mm -hmm. Um, it comes out there. There are only two movies before Avengers four, Ant-Man and Wasp, which I think takes place before Avengers, before infinity war and then feeds into it. And then captain of Marvel, captain Marvel comes out next March, a couple months before infinity or before Avengers four. And it's set in the nineties. The, the way she's set up is, is to be cosmic uh, and very tough and I have a feeling that since it's set in the 90s, there will be a lot of pre-security um, measures put in place in the eventuality that someday somebody might come after these Infinity Stones that are across the galaxy 
we're putting in some safeguards that will come to come to pass now that Nick Fury has called her into the fight. Shield, so has she'll it. come in. She'll be integral to to uh, the outcome of Avengers Four, and I think what she does in her movie will tie into that heavily. In the comic books, Shield had a, had an Astro division mm-hmm. called Sword. Called Sword, yeah. Okay, and so All I think right. we're going to see that. Uh, this doesn't sound like a final thought. Ugh. That's the final thought, right there. You guys get into like, oh, no, Astro division. They use the E. The E eight hundred eleven thousand blaster. <laughs> it's the E eleven carbon. Have you read these comics, Craig? No, I don't. I don't. I have, a, I have read I'm exactly one comic, and that was White Sand, expressly for an episode that we were doing. Uh, no, that's not true. I have read more comics than that, but not many more. So anyway, anyway, that uh, was my final thought. The okay. Captain Marvel will tie into Avengers four heavily, and I that's I feel you know, pretty. I feel like you are you are staring down the barrel of a really tough prediction there, Ken. No, <laughs> but I I feel really good about this prediction because I this is the one I haven't actually heard, and I'm like, I, did I actually come up with something? I, because I it's not that are you, it'll tie are in. You being serious? No, right it's now? not that it will tie in a little bit. I think it will be integral to. Avengers 4, not just, oh, here's Captain Marvel. Now let's put her into this movie. It's the things that she does in her movie will be important to the plot. Like, what's, hang on, like what's, my, what's my timestamp? Uh, at risk of running that mature stamp on here. No shit. Sherlock? Exactly. Robert Downey and Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> yeah. Which I'm disappointed there wasn't a Sherlock <laughs> reference between Robert Downey and Benedict Cumberbatch. That would have been funny. I'm disappointed that, that there wasn't well, some yeah. At least a Robert Downey. The two of them together. At, at least Benedict yeah. Cumberbatch saying something, uh, something obvious, and then Robert Downey jur- <laughs> looking at him and going, "No shit, Sherlock." You know, something like that. That would have been awesome. <laughs> so there you go. You need to timestamp that. We yep. need to. We need to send that off to Marvel and see what they'd say with that. So anyway. uh, okay, Megan, go. Um. I don't know. It's pretty short. I like I said, I was not really that surprised. <gasps> see, this is why I like at you, the Megan. First... Oh, you're welcome. Um, I was not terribly surprised at the way the movie ended. I mean, I was surprised they killed off a lot of the main characters, but I, um, I knew that it would end at rock bottom for sure. our heroes yeah, with sure. Thanos, Thanos seeming to win. Um, so I'd kind of like to predict that I, I well, I'm going to say I'm going to be very disappointed if the Avengers four does not end with Pepper and Tony's wedding. Cause they set that up right at the beginning of the movie. And I'm like, okay, either one of them is going to die or both of them. No, he's or, uh, he's gonna die. He's, well, now he's I'm mad. going to yeah. die. And okay, either sorry. he is or Pat all right. Is you go ahead, go ahead. But finish. I was just really, I'm just like, okay. I, it just felt so Shakespearean. Where it's like the first one ends in tragedy, and the second ends in a wedding. <laughs> That's all I had. Uh, nice. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Uh, go. Ken. We'll save. Well, how how about uh, with with half half the galaxy evaporating into dust? So at the beginning of Avengers four, Tony gets back with Pepper and we find out that the baby she was carrying in her stomach evaporated to dust. She lost the baby because I'm just saying, because I mean, that was a whole okay, big thing. That, at the very that start. was a whole big thing. At the yeah. Yeah. Was I, talking okay. about having a dream I'm, about I'm a baby you. and stuff. Oh, and so man, beginning of Avengers four finds out that Pepper lost the baby in the infinite, in the infinity. Oh, now I, oh, I feel like I've let Ken talk a lot this episode and I, <laughs> I'm, I am feeling it. Because I have things to say. <laughs> uh, okay, so my final thought. This ain't a Rothfuss episode. I got things to say. About <laughs> when it comes to the deaths of characters, uh, the thing that disappointed me about this movie was that 
um, with the deaths and the kind of what I was talking about earlier, where all the weight was taken off that by knowing, you know, yeah. the, like these characters didn't really die. There were no stakes. On a, on a similar note, uh, or kind of an opposite note, I guess, when Tony almost dies, you know, he gets run through mm-hmm. by Thanos mm-hmm. and, um, and th- then doesn't die. I was actually really disappointed. I was sitting yeah. there going, "Oh, this is this is it. This is going to be rock bottom for everybody." Tony Stark, Mister Ultra Ur Avenger guy, he's out. I can't believe it. And the then, real first Avenger. And then it's like, er, brr, never mind. That's I. I was really disappointed. And then what they so what they had a chance to do was to get rid of some of their characters like Tony Stark like Captain America and make that the 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 Coulson moment for the era two mm-hmm. Avengers, right? And they and they still have some time to do that. But I'm yep. what I'm saying is that that would have been a more impactful and emotional way to go out on the first half of the story. Um and now they're gonna do that in the second half, presumably. And uh and, and I, I guess I'm just missing that because of how I felt about the the emotions falling flat in this one yeah. i get like it I, I could have seen a better way to do it yeah. i get at it. at least at least from my perspective i guess i'm not paid you know millions of dollars to come up with this stuff so yeah i get it uh so yeah all right let's uh let's call it ladies and gents uh we're we've hit our hour mark and so we're gonna leave it there uh thanks for listening if you agree with absolutely everything we say then you should go on reddit and say so uh, the the legendarium <laughs> the legendarium.reddit.com is where you can join this this conversation and if um, you do that would be the first time that anyone did <laughs> and if you disagree with us you should go say so on google plus <laughs> <laughs> nice well done uh i did like that so no you go go on reddit and uh, hang out with us there we will respond to comments there i know ken and i at least will be there yep uh you're also megan on the reddit yeah i don't um, say a lot but i read everything yeah todd not so much i need okay. to get i need to get my <laughs> canon gear yeah yeah uh we've already talked about what your butt represents right or something like that no no so, <laughs> corporate america it's thanos's butt <laughs> so, so okay right now. um and what what else was i gonna say <laughs> Uh, patreon.com slash legendarium please support the show there uh, we are inching closer and closer I think we're at like uh, 191 an episode and once we get up to 250 we're going to be taking the legendarium on the road we want to meet you I'm very I'm legitimately really excited for that so who knows maybe we'll do that even before we hit the 250 I don't know um, and if we can stay with you even better so. <laughs> yeah if you have a couch <laughs> um now, anyway just a room just a room next next week Floor we space. are diving into episode two of our name of the wind uh trilogy of episodes we're not talking about the first one so it's a tr- it's still a trilogy of episodes so this will be episode two of three on name of the wind that's coming up next week chapters and 36 through 66 I believe um, toward the end of May, like I mentioned earlier, Solo is coming out, so we'll be doing a Solo episode. Uh, oh my gosh, that's so punny. I'm so happy right now. <laughs> and I think that should just about do it. So yeah, anything else you guys have questions on, hit us up, thelegendariumpodcast at gmail.com, or you can email craig at thelegendarium.com. 
Ken at thelegendarium.com with two N's, everybody. Uh, Todd at thelegendarium.com. We're still working on getting his inbox yeah, we got, up and running. That's it's weird. Yeah, but anyway, uh, so you can do all of that if you want to get a hold of us individually. And of course, you can find us on Twitter at legendariumpod, uh, at TLP Craig. Ken, what's yours? At Ken all day. At two Ken all day. K E N N all day. Todd, you don't you, you don't Twitter, do you? I do. Do you? At Sleepy577. That's <laughs> okay. Uh, it's also my gamer handle, so there you go. I'm not on Twitter. You're not a you're not a tweeter. No. Uh, okay, thanks everybody for listening. We will see you next time. Bye.